Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Samuel 64 and welcome back to the Robocast, episode 7 of the 2018 BattleBot season. I'm joined alongside, as ever, Steve the American Killjoy. And we're joined by two special guests for this episode, as ever. Guest number one, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Craig and I built Predator. He did build Predator, indeed. Welcome, it's been two years, pretty much, Craig, since you've been on here. What's, how's it been? I've been great. I mean, you had two of my teammates on and didn't invite me on. <laughs> the last robot was one. Well, everyone, okay. everyone deserves a chance. I feel you know, everyone needs a bit of bit of spotlight. Well, you didn't speak to Chris. I'm telling you, man. I'm <laughs> <watching> you. <laughs> well, you, 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 both, you can both come back again. How about that? Okay, all right. We, we've got another episode coming up, so uh, uh, you, you get Chris back for that one. Yeah, we'll, we'll have Chris well, on it. And also, also Charlie's here. Yes, Charlie Charlie Hubbard of Good Robottle. Remember when that was a thing? <laughs> Hi, yes. I make videos, I think. Actually, I've basically been doing a lot of BattleBots, Robot Arena 2 stuff instead of making videos because, you know, I don't have a channel. Well, it's it's funny. Like, you mentioned that. Like, obviously, I think it was today as we're recording this, you posted a whole load of BattleBots replicas. They are amazing. If you haven't seen them, go and check the BattleBots group on Facebook. There's a lot of really nice Robo Arena 2 replicas um, that Charlie himself has made with his with his own hands. Um, what have you made of the season so far, Charlie, as, as, as the, the quote-unquote BattleBots expert? Um, I've made about 39 of the, six, of the uh, 55 robots. I actually have like a list on Microsoft Word of the ones that I haven't done, but I have done especially Predator, which Craig's already shared on Facebook. Thank you. You're right. <laughs> and um, basically, just a lot of others. I've done like you know, Endgame, Bite Force, Sawblaze, just a ton of them. I still have a few left. I have the big boys like Shark Opry and Battle Royale with Cheese coming up, which are gonna be tough because Robot Arena Tube does not believe in circles. Mm, it, it, it's just it's just more like many angled shapes, isn't it? What's been the hardest one to build for you so far? Uh, Monsoon, because the game kept just making up new rules on how. To screw me over on that, and I think I lost. There was actually like chunks of hair missing from my head from doing that one. I like how it came out, but I now have a bunch of bald spots on my head from that. Oh dear, that's that's just that's just no good. Obviously, Craig as well. You, you, a lot of things have changed since you were last. On. Obviously, you now reside in the US. How, how did yeah. you find? Um... Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find um, BattleBots as a, as a competition compared to Robot Wars, which you've been involved in for, for years and years and years? Well, I mean, back when BattleBots first started, um, they did this thing where they were they were looking for people from the UK to come over. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the only two that got to go at that point were Razor and Kilohertz. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was I had my hat in the ring at that point. I was like, I want to come. I really want to come. <laughs> uh, but at that point, I was like, um, I think 13 uh, so uh, and the robot we had was a super heavyweight for series 3 so we would have to have shifted a lot of weight off it to get it down and then get it to America uh, so uh, so it's been great to finally be involved also it's, it's a sort of a long time coming for you isn't it you've um, I, I remember yeah, I, mean, I remember us chatting at series 9 you had you had the CAD for Predator there at series nine of yeah. Robot Wars, and, and we finally got to see it, which is which is great to see. Yeah, I mean, it, it evolved a little bit uh, since, since series nine. Uh, it was originally called Fenrir, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, the producers said that little kids won't be able to say it, so um, they decided they wanted something that was easier to say. 
They went with Predator. And I, spe- I probably spent the rest of the time going around the pit, um, signing all the autographs as free candy. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, obviously, Fenrir is a great name, but I think Predator. I can see, I can see why they changed. I, I do get that, you know, for the for the kiddies, it's a bit more difficult. But um, let's talk about your fight from the uh, Science Channel Rumble. First of all, we you know we didn't really get to see much of you. Bless it. I mean, it, what what happened? What was what went wrong this time? <laughs> well, we had um, they had a fight beforehand, mm-hmm. um, which. I've been too minds as to whether we can even talk about it because other than them referencing that we had a fight before that we lost mm. uh, and we, and we, you know, we got our ass kicked. Um, you know, we lost, we lost the, the wheel guards completely all bar one wheel wheel. So we had one of the four wheels. So we actually, we got a good hiding in that fight. Mm. Uh, uh, but I mean, other than that, that's all I'll say. So we, we then had to straighten the chassis, uh, re put the, uh, the wheel guards back on, put three new wheels on, um, get a new gear, get that machine, get that put on. And we, we had to do that within uh, 24 hours of having our first fight. Good God. Um, and uh, we also blew, we we blew through basically all of our spare speed controllers. So going into the fight, I spent God knows how much on um, new controllers from Charles Clark. Uh So I, I swapped from um, Vesk over to the Rage Bridge for those that are in the technical side of things so the robot went into the fight having done about a minute and a half of testing um and that was about an hour before we filmed and then from then we just sat and waited to go into the arena and hopes and praise and hopes and praise so we were there were we had to rush a lot of things so that first impact if you watch the like the where they do the robots activate predator's moving really well it looks really good the jaws up and going up and down and it's working really well and then it hits, gets hit by Valkyrie twice. Mm, and, that's it. Um, and that's it. And it was an electrical connection came unplugged. Oh, no. It's, it always seems the small things with, with um, your robots that just the, the, the smallest thing just compromises it every time. I, I don't. I'm, I'm sure. We had, when we you get. spent God. about an hour taping up everything. <laughs> and it was the one thing that would be missed because it was underneath a bunch of wires and we just couldn't see it. And so I remember we were in the cool down area outside after after the fight, and I was like, "What's that? Where is there? It is! I found it. I pushed it back <laughs> together, put the link in, and off it went." I was like, "God, for fuck's sake!" It's, 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 it, that reminds me a lot of um, the issue with Fox okay, back in Series Nine when he, he just didn't have yeah. the um, the one bolt on, didn't it? And there's just oh, it's my heart breaks. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> when you get the like when it when it will come good, it will come good. It's gonna be amazing, and I can't wait for it. It's just. There's a small, you know, every time there's a small little hurdle, but I suppose that's that's robot fighting, I suppose, isn't it? It is. I mean, the problem is the preparation. We're, we tend to go into competitions vastly underprepared. BattleBots has been the shortest turnaround for any uh, TV show that we've done since they started doing the reboot. It was only about five weeks from the get-go. And all of my... Uh, the day that I arrived in the US was the day I got a phone call asking me if I wanted to be involved in BattleBots. And who says no? I mean, come on. <laughs> um, yeah, true, but, true. In, in, in hindsight, I should have said no because all of my stuff, all of my tools, Foxic, uh, and everything was still in the UK. So I had nothing. I was, I was living in an apartment in, uh, in Nightdale in uh, North Carolina. I'm like, wow, uh, I've got nothing. So we're going to have to ship everything from the UK and then ship it to BattleBot. Did it get uh, lost as well? FedEx, FedEx, basically, they, we had the four 
storms in the northeast mm. and it basically just it, it meant that fedex weren't shipping anything mm. and that happened right at the worst possible time it's like i need this <laughs> in north carolina today because that means i've got two weeks to get it ready to go to uh battle bot and like yeah yeah no problem no problem and uh it finally we had to divert it from north carolina to straight to california because they delayed so much and it was actually oh. delivered uh two days before we arrived uh for filming it's just... uh, so it, it was in transit for nearly uh, nearly a month. Good lord! I just I can't, I can't like fathom the amount of stress that, that must have been. It must have been ridiculous. Um, My hair went from being a lovely golden brown to being a very dark shade of grey. <laughs> oh, oh no! Um, you could say that you're a grey fox. Oh, maybe, yes. maybe <laughs> coming soon. Foxy grey edition. Um, obviously. It didn't quite work out how you planned, but no. but did, did you enjoy your time in BattleBots? I mean, it's kind of a silly question, I feel, but did you enjoy it at least? Um, it was great. Um, but it's a different type of atmosphere in the pit. Hmm. But, uh, BattleBots is a lot more relaxed, whereas Robot Wars... Robot Wars, the first Series 8 was really relaxed. Series 9 was uh, a bit more chill. Um, and then Series 10 was super competitive. Uh, nobody was sharing information uh very few people shared part oh, wow. uh, uh, it was a very different atmosphere in the pits for um for series 10 so going into BattleBots, i was like it's going to be series 10 all over again and it wasn't um Which is great. everybody we there were nerf wars so nerf, there were a load of nerf guns <laughs> and uh it got really fucking annoying <laughs> <laughs> i imagine it would do um I want to bring the other two in briefly. What did you think of the... Uh, I think this is probably the best special run we've had so far of the... Um, I think it's four we've had now, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I think this is probably the, the best of the three. Valkyrie, in particular, was, seemed fairly impressive. I'm surprised they managed to, to lose its untelevised fight. It seemed quite quite beefy. Valkyrie is definitely one of my favourite of the... I guess you can call it the MIT gang of bots out of the four, you know, with Sawblaze, Overhaul, and Brutus. Mm-hmm. Especially considering I I believe in the power of the Undercutter. I believe in the Undercutter Master Race. But <laughs> I, I will say this. I got to give massive props to Balespear because that thing just would not die. Like, all four wheels were gone. It was chewed to bits. And then you just have Earl there was like, come on, keep going, keep going. I ain't dead yet. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, the wheels was... You can even see the little, um... Like, the fittings where the wheels were going on the front. They were still spinning around. It wasn't as if the machine was dead. It was just... It just couldn't move anymore. It was great stuff. Um, Steve, what did you reckon of the rumble? Uh, it was... Beautiful. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was cool to see Valkyrie actually work. Uh, Balespear, I mean, we, 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 uh... We, uh, take the piss out of it quite, uh... Quite often. Well, it's it's it's, um... it's a machine that's it's it's very simple in premise, you know. But like, it's function it's it's function over form, I suppose is the uh, is the way to look at it, isn't it? Yes, uh, and that's not always that's not always a bad thing at all. Uh, sometimes it's just better to have something that really works continuously. I mean, it, as as is seen, it just doesn't die. Hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was, it, it was it, it, it's definitely one of the uh, not one of the oh my gosh, it's definitely the the best untelevised rumble that we've seen so far. Mm. Uh, that much I can say. Mm. I, I would agree. And uh, Craig, it's very unfortunate, obviously, that you didn't... Would you, would you have fancied your chances had Predator keep going, or what, what do you reckon? Well, how, how good is Valkyrie, do you reckon? 
they they cut the bit of the interview with uh, with uh, Leanne where they were talking about the damage that was done from one hit other than the one hit the two hit sorry that it got on Predator and that the motor mount and the weapon mounts were off. On oh wow! Well. So if well. Predator had carried on going, we'd have killed it with just by ramming it. And then uh, the actual plan going into it, we were going to have a little bit of fun. I was supposed to drive in behind. Uh, Bale Spear bite onto his butt and he was going to drive straight over Valkyrie. <laughs> uh, so he was gonna, then going to run around the arena with me holding onto his ass. That was the plan. <laughs> uh, but he, 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 he bailed straight away, went straight for them. I was like, no, you're supposed to sit and wait for me to come and get you. You see me kind of hesitate at the beginning. I was like, wait, Earl, get back here. But, uh, <laughs> oh, um, well, I suppose, I suppose yeah. it's, it's appropriate he bailed considering his name, I suppose, isn't it? So Yeah, I mean, we were going to do... Um, at, at one point, we were, he was going to go sit on top of Valkyrie, and Valkyrie and I were going to push the the thing along. We were going to do like a, a mega Ultron kind of um, situation where we did then like be one giant robot, like bring on Tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the only way to beat it. Just three together. <laughs> oh dear. Um, obviously, Valkyrie getting the W there, uh, Craig. We, I, I, get, I, I think you mentioned we will see you later in the season at some point, but uh, for yeah. now. For now, it's uh, to back to back to the repair table. I imagine with uh, with Predator, especially Bale Spear after back, that fight. Back to the Nerf Wars. Back to the Nerf Wars. Yeah. Um, yeah, back to standing in the pit, getting hit in the head by Nerf darts every five seconds. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like and a... Burger people. <laughs> oh, it's the Battle Royale guys. <laughs> it was everybody. It was everybody. But they were the closest ones. Oh, fair enough. If it wasn't them, it was bloody reality. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see like your own with a, with a Nerf gun, just basically doing like a full-on Scarface, like machine gun fire. No, no, I've I've got some great pictures of uh, Jerome, and I've got some great stories of Jerome from BattleBot, uh, which uh, I'll probably share off the podcast. Yeah, I, I think that's that's fair. <laughs> um, and then you can decide whether you want to include them. I think you, there's more. And I think Craig just died. <laughs> or, uh, oh no, but, he's back. Uh, it was. It was like, <laughs> No, I'm back. It's just, you know, everything's dodgy for me, as always. <laughs> um, it was the guy that was driving reality that was the one with the bloody Nerf gun. Oh, dear. And he he was full Scarface. He was like, every five seconds. <laughs> it just sounds like a war. Like, it, like the battle box and the pits are, in fact, a war zone this season of uh, of battle bots. But um, we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on to yeah. e- episode seven. As a uh, as a full entity, and we'll, we'll move on to the first fight, which was Lucky and Son of Waiachi. Um Both teams obviously having a defeat already this season, and I have to say, Lucky up, up to this point had yet to win on BattleBots, which surprised me quite a lot because it's actually quite a mean machine. Um, however, Son of Waiachi absolutely gave it the beating of its life. There was it was it was a bit unfair, really. Like the way it was chewing into Lucky, there was nothing. I think there was one wheel running towards the end, and then that got pinned, and that was it. But my god, it was it was a complete complete destroying, wasn't it? It was there was nothing much left. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was. It, it, the was, honestly, was was twisted and everything. It was it was screwed. Poor poor lucky. Luckily, they brought a shit ton of spares. So <laughs> yeah, didn't they bring like a bunch of like extra chassis and everything as well, or was that just like in the shop? Yep. I think they kept one back for Robo Games, uh, but uh, yeah, they have they have at least four, I think. Oh wow! That were ready to be populated. Um, they they came prepared. Which, which I suppose you'd have to do with it. You find some machines of uh, Waiachi's quality. I mean, it was 
it's nice to see them actually fully lay into something. Obviously, Brutus very unlucky in that fight; they got turned over. But in this fight, they you know, they made sure. Okay, we're getting flipped in this fight. We're going to rip them completely asunder. Um, Steve, what were you going to? Yeah, I think you were going to say something. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, you you call uh Lucky the mean machine. I think we uh think we know who the meaner machine is in this particular <laughs> fight. Yeah. Uh it's uh it, it was it was brutal. Um and uh Mr. Ewart, you really laid into them at some point. Um like you really really huge hits that that sent Lucky flying flying across the across the box. Uh and that's not a, <laughs> I mean, because you think about it, like, uh, it used to be a super heavyweight robot, so I'm still thinking about, like, man, that's a lot of weight being thrown around. Um, but, man, it was uh, some really, really, really big, beautiful hits. And there's a, there, was a, there was a couple late late in the fight there where Lucky is already dead. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, just, just adding insult to injury. But, I mean, it's beautiful for TV. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. But Sonawayachi, I mean, it's... It, it's it's nice to see it actually get a a fight that uh, it can really tear into something. Mm. It, it, we didn't really get to see it much last season. Obviously, it only had um, obviously had the yeah. rumble and the um, and the one fight with um, escapes me. It was Ghost Raptor. Was, yeah, that's it. Ghost Raptor. Yeah, and, and then it and then it kind of capitulated. But it's it's nice to see you know sort of why actually fully up to power and laying into opponents, which is you know which is what we all want to see, really, isn't it? We want to see the best robots fighting at the uh, top of their game. Lucky, mm. I, I mean, obviously, Craig's obviously mentioned they've got a lot of spares going going forward, but I feel bad that they've they've yet to win on BattleBots. It's surprising me that they haven't yet. Really, there's there's nothing there's nothing wrong with the machine. There's just they're, they're, no. they're missing. They've just been very unlucky. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they they've had a really tough uh, they've had a really tough go at it. I mean, there's I mean, it's wait, who I mean, who have they fought so far? They fought Bita. They fought Wayachi. Uh, Yeti, Yeti. I mean, th- that's not exactly that's not exactly an easy couple of robots to go up against at no. all. No, not at all. How, how do, do you do you rate Lucky, Craig? I do, I do, and you'll see why. Uh, well, we that's uh, that's enough to keep me motivated at least. <laughs> um, lovely. Well, uh, uh, um, the, the guy that's driving Lucky is Curtis um, from um, Fingertip. Mm-hmm. And Kirsty is widely regarded as one of the best drivers out there. And there's a reason for that. And coming into BattleBots in the first two fights, because at this point we're, we're only in the first two, up to episode eight, I think, we're still only in the first um, couple of days of filming, mm-hmm. or first two filming sessions. Mm-hmm. So he's basically had, he turned up having never driven the robot and also having never driven on a pistol-style uh, transmitter. And then, he, you know, he loses his first fight, okay, you know. Loses his second fight, okay, yeah. And he's going to do amazing. I, I promise you, it's gonna look, he's going to get better. He gets a bit more practice driving it, and he gets a bit more time in the arena, and there's a, there's a couple of really good fights coming up. It's, it's, a, it's, a fight, it's really good to watch, and uh, I, I highly rate it. Good. I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, how Lucky gets on going forward. But it does mean sort of Wachi wins their first fight of the season, which is kind of strange that you think they've already fought um, at this point, but they get their first win. Our next fight is a, a robot that's already won a couple of times this season, Sawblaze, against uh, Mohawk, who also had a uh, Science Channel exclusive rumble a few weeks ago. Which they they looked really promising, but they didn't quite manage to uh, 
to last stars against the two um, clusters of Gemini. Um, again, Mohawk looks a lot more solid this season. It looks, you know, really purposeful going forward. I love the bit later on in the episode where um, <laughs> where, the, where Tim's just shaving a mohawk into his head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so glad they included that. Obviously, Craig, you, you were featured in that little bit, didn't you? Only a tiny bit, but fine. Yeah, well. And it's just like, you know, Tim doesn't do his own hair. Oh. <laughs> it's, too, it's, too, it's too late now. It's too late to back out. But it was um, it was a really good fight. And obviously, I mean, we, we've gushed about Sawblades endlessly this season. How, you know, how it's just able to mop things up and, and just dominate the fights. You know, this is what we kind of expected for it last last season back in 2016. But we couldn't get to see it because obviously it only got the one fight apart from the um, the one rumble. But um, Sawblades moving to, to three wins. It's it's looking all peachy at the moment. I think is the uh, the way to put it. Yeah, it's definitely on a dominant form, which I'm also really happy to see because last season when it lost its first um like its first fight and then that was it for it besides the rumble, you could tell there's like a lot of potential in there that just wasn't tapped because of that fight format. Hmm. But like now this season where you, where most bots have four fights give or take, then it's really showing off how Sawblaze can come in here and just absolutely dominate. And at first, I wasn't really quite sure about this pairing, but then I realized, oh wait, fire on fire makes it makes perfect sense. You know, it, you're, we're going to see a lot of flames. We're going to see a lot of fire. Hopefully, none from lipos, which thankfully didn't happen. Mm. It's, it's good stuff. I mean, I I, I do love because we we didn't really see the uh, the flamethrower sword blaze like in the first fight at all, but in the, in the second and particularly the third fight, it's really clever that they've obviously got the the flamethrower working in tandem with the the saw. The fact that they can heat the metal up and then cut through it because it's a bit, it's a bit more, I suppose, malleable. I suppose at that point, if it's if it's been heated up, but it's it's really. Always likes a warm meal. Well, yeah, you, you know, you gotta, you can't cook, you can't eat things raw. I suppose can you with uh, <laughs> with sore blades? Obviously, I'll, I'll, I'll bring I'll bring Craig in again here. Like, what what? You've obviously given your thoughts. I'm lucky. What about sore blades? How how high did you rate that? Uh, it's Jameson that I rate. He's he's an incredible driver. Um, it's, the fact that it's a giant version of his featherweight, uh, it's basically, it's what inspired me to go and build a featherweight version of Foxy. So, hey, you know, he's doing really well with his featherweight and he's doing really well with his heavyweight and he's doing really well with his um, beetleweight. So, you know what? Let's do the same. Let's have the same setup <laughs> all the way through. And that way, it's basically like having more practice. Yeah. Um, where, um, so, yeah, it's, it's a great robot. Um, it's too big as far as I'm concerned, uh, but it seems to do the job. So I can't really complain. I was in fairness with with you, Craig. Like every robot's too big because you, you build the, the tidiest robots possible. I'm I'm sure. <laughs> Tantrum Tantrum's too small. <laughs> oh really? Tantrum's yeah, smaller it's... than uh, Foxic, so yeah, that it's is, tiny. That is There's tiny. nothing to it. God bless. That's that's really small. It's no Tanto though. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So Sawblaze so once again looking quite dominant. I think at this point. Pretty much a shoe in for the bracket at the end of the season. You know, three yeah. wins. You know, I- I'm looking forward to seeing what it could do against some of the big boys. Like we ha- we've we've seen it fight. We haven't really seen it fight like a, a properly dangerous opponent yet. Like the who, who did it fight second? I can't remember. Reality. 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 You could argue is quite quite potent, but like we haven't seen it against like the established. You know, your bite forces, your tombstones. We haven't seen it fight a big old. You know. An experienced competitor in BattleBots. We haven't seen, you know, a big spinner from, you know, the modern series yet. It remains to be seen 
how well they do there. But all things are looking pretty good at the moment for Sawblaze, and I think you know, you know, as Craig uh, mentioned, Jameson's been on top form with his driving all season already, so it's going to be tough to beat, that's for sure. I but, feel like when they do the awards at the end of the season and they if they give out a best driver award, I feel like Jameson will get it. We shall see. I, I think it's a, that's a that's a very good shot. I can't think of many more at the moment who've like properly stood out in terms of in terms of driving apart from. Uh, someone else in this episode, actually. I think it's. I think it's the next fight. Is it? Was it the um, Mecha Rampage fight next? It was, wasn't it? Mecha Rampage and Whiplash. Yeah. Um, the um, I can't, the young Vasquez kid. I can't remember his first name. Matthew. Matthew. That's the geezer. Mm-hmm. I think he's a, a contender for that driving award as well because um, it, the way that he dominated Mecha Rampage and you know, strategically pinned him against the wall that was spot on. You know, Whip, Whiplash did. Extremely well at Robo Games, as we mentioned before, and it did really well against Hypothermia earlier in the season. This fight was a bit different. It had the um, the air of them being the control bar rather than the the, uh, the damaging spinner, but they they played it really well. And I think Whiplash once again proved that they they could be issuing for that uh, that final bracket as well with the way they performed. Yeah, Whip, I mean Whiplash is my tip to win uh, from from way back when we did the the uh, ultimate preview. Hmm. Um, it's it's just such a hard it's 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 a hard one to fight, uh, especially with the way that Matt drives it. Uh, it's it's uh, it's definitely a tenacious. Uh, that's a word, um, but uh, I mean it, it it it's it was a a pretty pretty dominant affair. Uh, it, it it it's really hard to fight something with 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 the weapon, the disc on an arm, and I, like I don't know I, I don't know how I would attack how I would attack Whiplash. I mean. Let's. Let, I mean, if I had a if I had a bar like Tombstone, I might be able to whip off one of the wheels. You never know, but um, it's a uh, it's it's a really formidable machine, uh, and it's it, it's of course driven well as we've talked about already. It's hard to approach. Like you, you can't really get to the sides because they'll just they'll just turn. And if you get if you mm-hmm. do if you do manage to get around the back, well, the the arm will just come straight over the top and hit you with a disc. <laughs> what, what do you do? You know, Craig, I'm sure you must have you know watching Whiplash at Robo Games. Um, was it, was it last year it finished in the top four? Something, like, something along those lines? It came second. Oh, it was second, second last time round. So. Yeah, how, how would you have approached a fight against Whiplash? Uh, carefully. <laughs> um, he's, a, he's a really good driver. If you see any of the uh, Robot Revo Twitch stuff, um, the Vasquez's are almost always at the events that the Robot Revo guys um, stream. <laughs> and they almost always win. Um, if it's not one, it's the other Vasquez, and so uh, and they're both excellent drivers. So you just swap either one out. So um, the the thing they've got is reliability. Uh, so there's no hoping that they break down. Like if you fight me, it's like okay, just hold out till he stops, and then it becomes one of the Whereas it feels bad. Whereas, <laughs> don't don't. It's it's my own doing. Um, but when you fight the Vasquez, it's, um, it's difficult to know how to how to approach them because. Because they're adaptable, and because the the arm is dangerous, it's not just a lifting arm, as you said. You know, there's a, there's a disc on it, um, and it's it's surprisingly powerful. You're like, well, how do you how do you approach it? The best way to go is to you can never say I'll I'll aim for the sides because you'll never get the sides. The best way to go is always is, is head on straight at them at everything, and just hope that a you're lower than them, or b uh, you can get lower than them, uh, and see that you survive the first strike. It's, it just seems like 
it's just a, such a well-rounded machine. There's, there just seems to be very little to that, that's weak for it. You know what 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 can beat it? I I think one thing that I noticed in this fight that I think could be definitely a good indicator of like how we get performed later on. I know like Mecha Rampage, at least the bar isn't as heavy as Tombstones, but there's still a lot of mass spinning into it. Is that when it struck the front wedge of Whiplash, I didn't see like any major gashes or anything in it. I mean, I'm pretty sure up close it's probably like, you know, dents and cuts and everything, but like when you're watching on TV, it looks like it just bounces just right off the wedge and nothing happens. Mm. It, it, yeah. It, it's it seems intriguing to see like, you know, what what strategy could beat Whiplash because I I can't think of you know, you look at say as you mentioned, you know the, the spinning, you know, bouncing off the front. Obviously, Tombstone's another kettle of fish entirely, but it, it stands mm-hmm. to reason that it, it could it could bounce off and fling them both in opposite directions. Who knows? We might we might see it later in the season, but it's exciting to see you know a, a team that didn't have such good luck last time in BattleBots, you know, properly get a machine going and you know running through it. It's 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 really good to see, and I'm I'm hopeful we'll see more of a. Whiplash as the competition goes on, um, which brings us to our penultimate fight, which I, I actually thought this fight was really good. I don't know about you guys, I thought this fight was excellent um, <laughs> between oh. Overhaul and Chomp, um, two teams that have have struggled for form this season. Um, Chomp obviously did very well in 2016, Overhaul in 2015, but hasn't since it's been redesigned. I thought this fight was really good, like. Chomp getting good hits at the end um, when Overhaul started to peter out and die. Overhaul in the middle of the fight, you know, grabbing hold and throwing Chomp around, being the control ball that it needed to be. I thought it was a really good fight, and I'm, I'm happy that both teams put on a good show. It was nice to like see Overhaul actually come in and perform, because I feel like the last couple seasons, it just hasn't been able to really achieve what it was capable of, because... The thing is, like, with Charles Guan is that Overhaul's a design that has, like, a similar sort of lineage like Sawblaze, where, you know, it had a featherweight version where you can refine um, and sort of get it down to a science and then translate that into a heavyweight. But, like, unlike Sawblaze, it just hadn't seemed to get, you know, the matches or the opportunities to get underneath. I mean, it already lost to Sawblaze once this season, but I was really happy to see it come out here and actually show... Hey, this bot still can have still has potential. We're not a one-hit wonder. We can still fight. If you look at its fight since it's been redesigned, it had Beta, Cobalt, and Sawblaze. Not exactly easy opponents, really, is it? No. So, um, and obviously Chomp as well. This this season struggling to get going. I think um, we you know we, we enough said about you know previous entities, you know, and how they were, you know had good fortune last season. It doesn't matter, you know. The thing, the thing is, they've got a potent weapon, and and it's it's a shame that we haven't been able to see it fully in um, in operation. I think in in this fight as well, the um, the autonomy or was or something. It was driving backward and forward into the wall in the one corner, yeah. and I I want to say that like that's partially down to the autonomous nature of it, like having a bit of a I don't know what to do. I keep backing him forward into like a little corner. And I can't really get out. Which is where I think they fired the hammer and they they managed to get out. But it's it's it, it seems to me like that they're, they're now at a crossroads. You know, do do they want to make Chomp a technical exercise or a fighting robot? And I I, th- I feel like this 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 season's going to be like the deciding factor. Are they going to go? Okay, 
tame it, turn it down a little bit and make it more combat focused or just go all out to make it a huge technical exercise. I'm intrigued to see either way. I'm excited to see what they come up with, but I feel like this version of Tromp could be radically different to the next one. What do you think? Discuss. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, it's just so topsy-turvy, tipsy-turny. It, 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 man, it's, I, I want it to, like, you, you see it, and you see that hammer, and you know, you know the power that that brings, mm. and you want to see it do well, and then it, it just doesn't stay on its wheels, um, and then, and then it was frustrating to kind of see it kind of, uh, with, with the, the whole autonomous nature of it, uh, seeing it back into the wall and kind of, like, flip itself over, and you're like, man, come on, you can, I mean. We said it could do better. It, Oh yeah, of course, yeah. absolutely. I mean, it it has it it it, it clearly has the potential because it it made it to the quarterfinals of last season, and I don't know if that was all on luck. I mean, it definitely it's it's definitely potent. Hmm. Um, it's uh, I mean, I mean, people talk I'll, about them, whatever. Anyway, I'll, I will ask what, uh, um, uh, what Craig thinks about this because I I I could be just talking a whole load of gibberish. Here. I I you know I'm not I'm not pretending <laughs> to be an expert at all. What, what, what do you think, I, Craig? I, I think that they need to make a de- decision really on the future of Chomp as to how automated they want it to be. Now, uh, if you speak to Ed Hoppet from Storm, Storm 2 is, is having some automation put into it. Uh, and these are things like the, the, the self-writing is basically, instead of having to do it, it's just a button. You press, get to look to, you press the button, it'll do its self-writing uh, sequence and get back over. And then you, you, it, the controller is back to normal. Um, and the weapon on it, it, it works in a particular way that it, it will, it can either come up really quick or it can come up as punches so it can keep hitting. Um, so it's, it's, it's depending on how, how it's inputted. So that's, that's one way of autonomy. The way that Chomp is doing it is they're, they're letting the robot make the decision. Um, so it's like, okay, I'm pointing my front at this robot, but it's, it's not doing that. It's doing a keep away thing. And keep away isn't going to work because most robots are faster than Chomp. Uh, Chomp is not a particularly quick robot, um, and uh, I think that's probably the issue that it has with Overhaul. Is Overhaul is just too quick for its automated system. So I think they they're relying on the automated system to do the work when they really need to be kind of working with the automated system instead of like one or the other. Integrate them. Um, if you if you take an engineering example, um, the British Air Force moves from the Tornado uh, fighter jet, which was really difficult to fly because there was far too much to do, and switched over to a more automated system in the Eurofighter. And the Eurofighter, uh, I think anybody can get in and fly. It's, it's that simple. Uh, and that's what they wanted. So I think they're trying to fight two systems, and I think they need to integrate their automated system to their uh, manual system. And if, they, if the automated system complemented the manual system, it would work a lot better. And it has the most powerful hammer in all of robot combat, bar none. It, it's incredible. Like the, the way it just like shakes the whole floor almost when it when it, hit, make, it strikes the ground. It's incredible, and I, I I do think that the chomp is one of genuinely one of the most interesting and exciting battle bots out there. It's just it it just seems to be lacking something. I don't know what it is, but I I want them to do well. I really do. I I I root, I root for that team a lot, but I there just seems to be something missing, and I think. Almost like last season was like almost the perfect blend, and this season they've gone a bit too far. They need to just like strip things back a bit, and you know, almost a bit more simple. Who who knows? We'll have to wait and see what um what the future holds for Chomp. Um, but... I actually 
Go. Oh, sorry. Okay, let go. I was going to say, I had, a, I had a thought, like a burning question, and y'all can correct me on this, but... Okay, so the like the way they like do pneumatics or like you know with, with like CO two in America is different than how they do it in the UK, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm yeah. wondering because Chomp's powered by I don't know like Chomp's hammer's powered by is it what is it like CO two or is it like something else entirely? It's, it's nitrogen. Yeah, nitrogen. Powers. Nitrogen. And isn't that like something that Bronco uses as well? Like you know using the nitrogen. All of the pneumatic bots at BattleBots use nitrogen. Right. It's, it's, so, a, it's a regulation. Okay. So for me, I feel like that's part of the reason like why you see bots like Chomp being so tall and bots like Bronco being so long is probably because of the size of the tanks versus what you may see like in bots in the UK with like bots like Eruption where it could be a bit more compact. Well, the bottles are about, about 14 inches long. So they're actually much smaller. Oh. So they're they're actually at a higher pressure. It, it's the the fact that Bronco is so big and the fact that Chomp is so tall. They're design choices. Um, once you see inside Chomp, you can see they basically made a steam engine or something that looks like a steam engine, um, and it's it's like yeah, let's let's just pile stuff on top of things. But that's great. But you'll now, but actually the center of gravity is super low on on Chomp. It's just that it is so powerful that it is throwing itself before it's, it, it's losing a lot of power by just by firing in the hammer. It's, uh, it's, it's incredible, like, you know, as, as you say, the, the amount of power it has, it's just, it's just flinging itself all over the place. I think, because I know the, um, the arms on, that support the hammer, they warp as well, don't they? I, I wonder if, yeah. that's, if that's affecting it as well. Uh, yeah, probably. Mm. Okay. Okay. So that, that that makes sense at least. Okay, because I was that was like a burning question I had for a while. I was like, you know, it was that difference in the way they had pneumatics. Would that be like the reason why it's so big? But okay, that that makes sense. That makes sense. Mm. All right, I can now sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> so so Char- Charlie's uh, lifelong ambition has been fulfilled, and we'll, we'll move on to the uh, the main event, which is Bite Force and Endgame. Um, both machines. Similar in in terms of weapon style, and you know the big vertical spinner, you know supported by wedges around the front. Um, I thought for I, I was so for for a second I was so disappointed because I thought Bite Force was dead in one hit, and I was like, oh no, really? Yeah, another main event, yeah. another main event where it's just one one and done. I thought, come on, and then see Chris and Kenny started saying about how Jack was quite you know naive and didn't go in for the kill. I don't think he could. I th- I thought his disc was broken, and I, I that's why I think he didn't go in because he just wanted to leave him and hope it was dead. But um, I mean, what a, what a great hit that was from Bite Force. Yeah, I had, I had shades of like um, Big Nipper versus Aftershock in Robot Wars, where you could see like the like the the uh, longer robot Bite Force here, Big Nipper there could get underneath the sort of shorter but more. Massive spinner here, end game there, aftershock, and basically went out in the wedge game, caused some massive hits, and even end up like sort of the same way where like the bot, the massive disc bot's on its head or on its side, and there's just no power going to the disc, so it can't self right. But was was there an issue with um, end game's weapon after this, Craig? Or not sure? Um, I'm not really sure. I didn't really spend much time with them, even though they were quite close in terms of their location in the pit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was directly in front of uh, or behind, depending on your, uh, you know, how you look at it. Uh, Bite force, uh, 
And Bike Force basically it came back and they took the batteries out and were ready to go. And then they checked the radios, like, why the hell has that happened? But I don't remember it being stuck stood still for that long when I was there. Because I was I was I was nearby and I was watching. I was like, oh, we he was like, it stopped and Paul moved and he did something on the radio and it came back. Huh. It didn't seem like a minute or so, like it felt like on the show. Yeah, it, so it, it felt it, like it, an it, eternity. Yeah, but it was really, it was really like you could see Paul go. He, he lifted up his transmitter, which is a, a something we do from the forty meg and seventy-five megahertz days, where you lift it up, and go. I need more signal, um, and he he kind of did that, and then he went, I've got no signal, and then he rebooted the system, and it and it worked, and uh, it's like, oh, that's okay. But it, it happened kind of like that. It's like a couple of clicks, and it was ready to go again. And then there was that big hit. Um, oh. Yeah, end game. I, I thought I think in that fight they went in a bit too hot and I think they they could have they could have quite easily won it. It's just that um, I don't think they could. By, by force is something special, man. <laughs> it's, you know, at the, when we did the preview at the start of the season, we, we thought you know Bite Force is going to be there or thereabouts, but they're really starting to put a run together. I, I think Bite Force could be um, could be looking quite good towards the end of the season. We'll have to uh, wait and see. I, I want to hear Steve. Steve, talk to me. <laughs> you know I love to. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was two huge hits in this main event fight. It's the the one that I thought knocked out Bite Force, and we would have been disappointed if it had ended that quickly. Uh, and it did seem, I do agree with, with Craig, it, like like the whole the whole fact that uh, yeah. it, it felt like it, it was just like, like they were really having trouble. It looked like they were dead, you know, the way it was edited. It seemed like such a long time. We're like, oh, great, here we go, another main event fight that's going to end in, like, two seconds. Um, but, uh, and then but Bite Force came back to life, and then it laid into Endgame and threw it over, and that was it. Uh, and I, I think the way that uh, the way that it was commentated, uh, they, uh, they were, the commentators were surprised that, like, uh, that Endgame didn't like lay into into Bite Force, but I think it was the, the fact that like either uh, I don't I, I don't I, I really would like to know if their disc was was or was not working because I I saw that too Sam, um, but uh, it was it was it was it, it was just a really good a really good display of of power between these two very I I mean they're they're similar in design but uh, they're they're different enough where you can actually really I mean you could tell them apart. Yeah, and I think you know, Bite Force once again, much like Sawblades now, are pretty much assuming for the uh, the bracket at the end of the season. I think they're going to be oh, yeah. they're going to be one of the ones to watch. I think you know they're they're going to be very difficult to beat, and uh, oh, who knows? We'll have to wait and see how that goes on. But uh, that brings us quite nicely to the end of uh, episode seven. Overall, again, pretty decent. You know, there was there was a few decent. I think the the overhaul chop fight was again pretty good. I thought that was the best fight of the episode, to be honest with you, because. You know, it just had a bit of back and forth, but um. Oh wait, oh, oh yeah. Um, can we can we really quickly talk about that really short cold open that we had? Uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's important. The life of Farouk. <laughs> yeah. Ah oh, dear me, he always has to practice to make sure that he's uh, it's always robot fighting time with Farouk, isn't it? Ah, <laughs> uh, that was great. It's he's like wonderful. I was gonna say, imagine like this translates like outside of real life. Like he's going to the uh, he's going to the grocery store. And it's like it's bread shopping time. 
<laughs> it's just like this. This season, like, it's good to see that Discovery have taken a real, um, you know, not, not like light-hearted approach to things. It's not all about the serious robot fighting. There is a, there's an element of fun to it, which is great. And you got to um, think, like, the kids watching this too are probably. I mean, well, let's put it this way. Let's put let let's let's uh, revert ourselves back into to little children. Uh, watching watching this as like a young, as like a young. Come on, I mean, wouldn't you be like messing with your friends? Like it's potty time. It's <laughs> like, I mean, like I mean, we we would be doing it. it it's just like Robot Wars, were like spinner, like stuff like that, like, stuff to catch the stuff to catch the kids. You know, I mean, it's I think that's just as important as getting uh, guys like us and older. You know, it's hmm. it's it's uh, inspiring the younger generation and making it memorable. You know, because I'm I'm sure there's stuff. I know there's stuff that I can't think of right now from the old BattleBots show on Comedy Central that um Well I, I remember being sort of in the UK desperately wanted to be a part of BattleBots once it had made it to TV because originally it wasn't on TV it was just a, a live event that they were filming mm. and I really really desperately wanted Mark Biro to introduce my robot mm. and it's now the same thing it's like now I want Farouk to introduce my robot <laughs> I mean over, over the years the casting for BattleBots you know, but the, the two ring announcers that they've ever had has just been phenomenal hasn't it the, the pair of them are amazing guys and they've, they've done a wonderful job with the uh they're very different from angela and dara yeah yeah but it's... you know having having done both both robot wars and, and battlebots chris and kenny genuinely walk the pits just to say hello to people oh that's, that's great and see how and just to see it as like they walk through the pits after i had my ass kicked and we're desperately trying mm-hmm. to put the robot back together and they're like so you uh how are you doing? You're fighting again today. I'm like, yeah, go away. I'm busy. Kenny's <laughs> 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 like, Kenny's like, you okay? Do you need, a, do you need anything? We can, we can send, send people out for stuff. He's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. But they, but even after then, they would walk past and go, hey, how's it going? So are you all ready? Are you, they... You're fit. They're fantastic. It was, it was completely, it was genuine as well. It felt genuine. It didn't feel like they were, they were wandering around because they were told to. They'd be walking around, saying hello to people, asking how they're doing. And I think that's a. It comes from Kenny's uh, UFC stuff. So when he's done the commentary and stuff uh, and uh, the pundit stuff on, on anything UFC, he wanders around and he talks to the guys who are about to fight and stuff. And he's like, yeah, how are you feeling? How's it going? How are you up to? It's, and it's... He's, he's just a genuinely nice person. And it's the same for Chris. Chris probably more so. Uh, so yeah. uh, I, I, I love it. They're absolutely amazing guys. It seems like... I've been looking fast forward to... I, I, I think it's cool like to, to hear that because it, it seems like they've really been looking forward to the show coming back. Um, and it's it, it it's kind of like soaking it all up and like being around the teams again. I mean, it it must be it must be really cool for like a an outsider looking in, seeing all this wonderful technology around you, and just seeing all these people working on these these monsters. Uh, and it's I I mean it's I, I mean jeez, oh, I remember I remember watching a video of uh, Kenny driving Chomp around, and I think. The one way to get somebody into robot combat is to get them to drive a robot, and I think ever since then it's it's just been a, like just like a, a maybe a, a secret love, you know. It seems but... to me like the, the, like the more that they've done it, like the more invested they've become. Like back in season eight, you didn't really get to see much of them interacting with the teams, whereas, yeah. whereas now it seems like they're you know they're properly almost oh, cool. yeah almost into it. Yeah, you know they're, they're they're loving it, which is it's what you want to see. You want to see a bit of passion from the presenters on their show, you know, and I think that's, that's one of the main things we've seen, but, um, guys, thank you very much for joining, Craig and Charlie, huge thank you, F- finally, I managed hey. to get, get you, uh, get you both on, and, uh, 
absolutely have to have you back on again later this season. It's a must. I'll heal you. I... Yeah. Anyway, I've been Samalit64. I've been Steve the American Killjoy. And we'll see you next week for the eighth episode of BattleBots 2018. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.